Thank you for listening to the Football Index Club Daily Podcast. This podcast is designed to provide you with a brief update on what's going on in the Football Index stock market every single day. To improve your returns even further, then check out footballindexclub.co.uk where you will receive instant access to highlighted players, trading advice, databases, and also analysis on the players of your choice. You can use code PODCAST50 with a capital P to receive 50% off your first month. Hello and welcome to episode 240 of the Football Index Club Daily Podcast. Today I have Soccer Index, a 200k plus portfolio man, on the podcast to talk about the dividend increase and more. How are you doing today, James? Very good. It's been a chaotic couple of days a week, so yeah, excited to be on. Um, It's been a great couple of great times, isn't it? Yeah, it's the best time to get you on the podcast, as I was saying. I think everyone's so excited about Football Index at the moment that any guest I get on now, it's going to be hard for them to sort of pick faults in the platform or say anything too negative. So hopefully the next few podcasts are going to be really enjoyable. Um, How about you tell us a bit about your trading history with Football Index and how you ended up putting more money in, how you got started and just your general background on the platform? So I joined right at the end of 2017. Um, I started with a relatively small, small amount um, and kind of got used used to the platform. Uh, really liked it my first couple of weeks. Um, and then I went to a couple of uh, early trader meetings um, and they did have quite heavy uh, deposit bonuses. Um, and I guess after meeting management and uh, speaking to a few of the traders there, I kind of got more confidence to put, um, put a bit more in uh, sort of, yeah, sort of um, four low five-figure deposits. Um, and then... I didn't really learn about the product as much. So by the the time the World Cup came along, uh, I'd made quite a bit of money. um, And you almost thought I was going to maybe, you know, take it out and enjoy it. But then I I kind of then, it was a summer there where I kind of really saw the vision for the platform. Um, um, And I could kind of see where this was, where it was going. um, And I've just loved it. And then I I, I then started to deposit um, quite a bit more. and then again, just really enjoyed the platform that whole season. Um, and I guess it's just from there, I've I've, I've kind of more put put more and more in. But maybe since the last year, I haven't deposited much more. But I've just I've just um, carried on compounding. Um, and yeah, it's just been really really good since then. Yeah, of course, that's a great route, and I think that's how a lot of traders get into it with the sort of small build up and then you have the deposit bonuses. You start to chat to a few people, you gain more confidence, and then once you spoke to other people who have even more money than yourself in the platform and there's like a bonus on, it can be very tempting to put more money in. That's very similar to how I went about uh, putting more money in myself. What sort of uh, trading meetups did you go to? Were they down in London? I was, yeah, I was relatively lazy. I went, I went, I, so they, they did quite a few in London early on. So um, I, I, I went, I went to, I think there was two, uh, there was at least three in my first year, I think of first 18 months in London. Uh, where I met met quite a lot of other traders um, and quite like-minded people. It was, it was, I found them really good to go to. Um, I was always busy when they were when they were kind of away, so I didn't travel up to Manchester or go to Ireland. Did you go to many yourself? Um, so I went to the one in Ireland. That's the only one I ever went to. And there's a funny story because basically 
probably next we're running a competition on Twitter. Oh, you didn't win that, did you? Yeah, did yeah. You win I, won, that? <laughs> I won a competition, <laughs> but what I had to do was send a selfie video of myself explaining why I love Football Index. And I couldn't really be bothered to do it, but I was on the way to a football match and I was running late. So I was like running to the game and I literally recorded a video of myself. And I think I said something like, um, or maybe we just lost the game and I was like, oh, my team's just lost, but I don't care because I know I've made £60 on Football Index today or something silly <laughs> like that. Posted it on Twitter. There was two winners of this competition. Only three entered and one of them lost by default because he, it was like an illegitimate entry. So I, I won by default and they flew <laughs> me out to Dublin and uh, yeah, had a night there. And that's how I kind of met some of the Football Index guys who uh, have some big portfolios and it really... Uh, built my confidence up and I met like Dan Neal and we was like out in Dublin and like Temple Bar until like quite late like three in the morning with some of the football index lads and uh, it was a really good night but yeah so did you have like a good good conversations then with uh, other traders who had like more money in and like the the guys who work at football index I'm sure that really helps your sort of confidence and your trust in the product. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess in, the, yeah, in, the, in the earlier meets as well, I mean, you're still trying to learn as much as possible about the platform. I and mean, then speaking with someone who's maybe been on the platform for, for I mean, it seemed even in 2017, it had been, it had been around for a couple of years. Um, and you could kind of see what they were doing and kind of get a, a more of a feel for things. Um, and yeah, the fact that they'd kind of, they'd been on for even tougher times, so to speak, where it was a lot more volatile um, and they, they were still um, as confident as ever. Um, that was really good to see. And I guess that's the same for, I've kind of seen that as people have joined um, over, over the years since I've, I've joined. It's been, they've kind of looked and seen what I've done and got the confidence from me. So yeah, it's kind of that journey that everyone kind of goes on. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember like a few years ago, there was all kinds of massive crashes and the platform always recovered. Like I remember Ibrahimovic was at £7 once and that would have been pre-share split. So I'm guessing that's like his Latin at £21 in today's market, which would just be crazy. Um, and he crashed completely. I'd like Griezmann, he crashed at one point. Uh, Those few players, you know, they drop like 30, 40% in a day and then drop even further. So like these, these decreases that people sort of know about on Twitter every few months, they're quite small compared to what's happened in the past. And I think overall, it's a really great time to be sort of very confident in the platform because I don't think we're going to have that extreme those extreme drops so quickly again in the future and just because like Ibrahimovic hitting seven pounds it kind of reminds me a bit of Lionel Messi and in the media dividends at the moment what, what's your opinion on Lionel Messi I was just about to say let's hope Messi doesn't uh, announce <laughs> he's going to retire yeah. um, I think it's fascinating um, for, the, for the platform like it really is great to see but he's kind of gone from absolute nowhere and but basically well, it's, I don't know what his rises at the moment what is it about 60% up from uh, from what it was a couple of couple of days ago um, yeah, and yeah like it, 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 it's got people excited isn't it like my, my day hasn't been the best day at work today because I've been you know wanting to see what's what's happening with Messi um, <laughs> and it, I, I know it, it, it may people deposit as well it, it, it made people who hadn't deposited in a while oh I've got to buy Messi for this news um, yeah as to what it'll do for his price that'll be very interesting because um, it is basically it looks like it's 50-50 bet or it yeah it, it kind of swings a bit but I think yeah ha, ha, you could coin flip whether he's going to stay at Barca or um, go to Man City um, and that obviously has implications on the price um, and then it's just how it'll play out after if, if, say, he did go to City as well, which will be interesting. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a real gamble. It's one of those. And like on Football Index, often, well, we're always gambling. And of course, that needs to be said. But there's few times where it's as straight a gamble as this with Lionel Messi. Yeah. Like his price will drop if he remains at Barcelona. And that's like absolute definite, um, in my opinion. But if he goes to Man City, then yeah, he's going to win plenty more media dividends due to all the transfer sort of speculation in the build-up and then just moving to the Premier League into England is going to earn a huge amount of media dividends and I heard you mention there that you was at work didn't have the best day uh, what is it that you do by the way? Uh, I work for an asset manager um, and they're risk and audit team. Yeah so, so does that help out with your sort of uh, understanding of football index? Not really, I'd say. Um, it obviously helps coming from like a financial background um, and, and thinking about things things that way. Um, and yeah, kind of the, it's more from the background I'm in and um, I, you kind of get a feel for how to, how to do these things. But I, would, I wouldn't say it directly translates. I mean, I, sp- I speak with people who are great traders from all kinds of um, areas. Yeah, and do you think that those high net worth individuals that I'm guessing you talk to, you think they're going to be more interested in football index now, given the recent changes and the NASDAQ technology coming in? So I know for a fact that there's, there's people who really like the concept of the, of, of the, of the product and the platform, but they've just said from, from the start that they're not, they're, you know, they, they're not comfortable putting money in until, um, until we until we get order order books in, um, so order books will definitely bring um, a certain type of individual as well. Um, I guess the second thing that high net worth individuals want is they want they want good yields as well, um, good, good good strong yields and uh, effectively growth for their money because um, if they can make a yeah, if they will essentially just get attracted attracted by the yields, um, and if they can see that through permanent dividend increases. Uh, and permanent dividends on offer, uh, then they're much like much more likely uh, to put in. Um, so I I think we are now in a fantastic position to to kind of onboard those um, right the way through now. Yeah, that's uh, really good to hear, and I think that's going to be like the biggest thing for football index is probably attracting plenty of high net worth individuals. It certainly seems like that's the route they want to go down. And now we have a product which is going to attract those type of people, and. Uh, Hopefully there'll be a lot of money going into the platform and you can see why it would because the yields are unbelievable now. I mean, the prices really haven't reflected the dividend increase yet. Like the value out there at the moment is probably the best I've seen it for at least, I don't know, like I've definitely not seen the value out there um, that we've got at the moment this year, I don't think. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be... Yeah, I'd, yeah I'd, I'd say probably since you know before the share split i i think it's it, the value is like that where you, basically yeah, most players are probably half half what they should be based on based on the yields which is just and it should last us an entire year really this this uh, increase which is just great to see yeah definitely it's crazy i mean i was just a bit lost with words there because i don't know how to explain <laughs> how the dividends now they're just so high that it makes so many players look such great value and I've sort of changed my strategy a little bit I've kind of gone into some more higher priced players lately I heard on your podcast with Fig quite a while ago that you talked quite a bit about 
watching what other traders would do next. And that's a very similar trading strategy to my own, especially in the past. But do you think the market's really sort of changed from that trading strategy? And do you look at the dividend yields more than you used to or anything like that? So, yeah, I, I'd say, I can't remember when I was last on the, that, that would have probably been about a year ago. I'd say I significantly changed how I kind of went about things probably around October of last year, just because obviously I was getting a, um, a, a, a bigger portfolio. Um, I had quite a lot of players as well. Um, so I'd always kind of planned to kind of narrow that down um, over time. And I, I guess I, I, I kind of looked at a way a few others were doing it. I kind of then almost flip reversed because a lot of people say that they like to have lots of players because it's less risky. But in fact, I kind of then saw that it was it was less risky by holding fewer players. If I'm really, really confident in, you know, 20 players or 10 players, then why would you put put money in someone yeah. you're less confident in? Um, so I completely almost changed um, my strategy. And then it got to about January last year and it was just that the best players were just, we're just being completely neglected by most of the market. And I could almost see a little bubble uh, forming um, forming in the market where uh, the, the top players who, who who had like outstanding yields, and it, it wasn't just past yields. I don't really ever look at past yields. It's more what I think they'll generate in the future. Yeah. I just kind of looked and saw those future yields and thought, this this really isn't sitting right with me. Um, so I, uh, at the time, I coined it the... Uh, power four, um, power four uh, strategy where I pretty much put 90 to 95% of my money in four players, um, which was pretty crazy at the time. But I guess looking back, it has kind of played out. And I think obviously what, what happened with COVID um, meant that there was a, there was quite a, a quite a, you know, crash on players that weren't, weren't um, didn't have as much intrinsic value. Um, and that then, force the hand of a lot of people to move in I think that would have happened anyway but it would have happened maybe later or less or, or um, at a less severe rate than it did um, but that that's kind of how things have play, played out with, with my portfolio up until uh, well until um, we are now really yeah well that's a great decision and I'm sure you're very happy that you did make that decision in the end then uh, it looks like Big Don's kind of taken a similar approach over the last few months he's kind of piled into a select few players really trimmed down although that's uh, probably even more extreme because he had like every player on the platform at one point it seems um but how about you tell us about your first reaction to the dividend increase a few weeks ago so the the what the one that was not yesterday the one a few weeks ago <laughs> yeah the, the one that we don't want to talk about too much <laughs> oh, yeah um i honestly felt as though i like my pet like guinea pig had died like it was just <laughs> I, was, I was i was i was i was kind of reading it i was like this because the, the way it was kind of set out it was it, i was this isn't good is it and it was it, it it just took me a while to come to terms with i kind of had a worst case scenario in my head and i was like this is worse than what i'd <laughs> ever ever imagined yeah um and i guess once I, but then once i did take take a bit to step back i was like yeah this is actually like really really bad consider just because I, I i knew that a lot of people have been maybe hanging their hope hanging their you know hopes for the for their kind of portfolios and their bit on the platform um 
on a substantial increase. You know, people have been hit hard over COVID. They were sat on players, but they couldn't sell whilst watching certain other players rise. Um, and I, I'd kind of been always be speaking to mates and people in groups saying, no, look, we'll be okay. You know, we'll get, we'll get a good increase and everything's going to be okay. But then when that came, I just knew that that, I knew immediately that people had put money into the top players expecting there to be high yields. And then as soon as that didn't come, that was going to then create a really, really bad negative, um, um, negative pressure on the market, especially with the matching engine. Um, and then as soon as you basically crash the top end, if you, if you crash for likes of Sancho, um, Trent, and, and they're going down, then that basically means that the rest of the user base has got no confidence in any other player on the platform. And basically the whole thing just starts to go you know, toxic and fall down. I immediately knew that was going to happen. Um, and I was kind of straight on, on, the, on the phone and writing uh, messages to my account manager, basically, basically just saying that you know, this, this really isn't going to, this really isn't going to be good. Um, and it did kind of play out that way. Yeah. Um, I remember on the day of that dividend increase, I'd spent about six hours going through dividend yields, trying my very best to figure out which players were value. And I was looking at all the yields and I was thinking, okay, these aren't bad. And there's a few players here that have some really good dividend yields. However, I also thought, this isn't going to be good enough. Like we need a dividend increase because the risk that we're taking with the removal of the instant sell function for these yields, it's not worth it. And so I was really hyped up for a big dividend increase. I sort of spoke about a 50 to hundred percent increase on this podcast, really looking forward to it. And then it hit and I was like, no, this is not good. Yeah. And, uh, I think I did a live podcast recording as I spoke about it and I was kind of going through it and I was a bit confused. I was like, no, this can't be right. So it's really good that we did get a increase since. But uh, so, so you like you message your account manager, and what sort of things were you saying then? So I I basically said for you know um, the, we weren't being greedy with asking for a dividend increase. Like there was there was we in expecting you know we said fifty to hundred percent we we weren't being greedy or deluded um we kind of looked at looked at the the yields in the past um um we'd remove the instant sell function so inherently if you can't immediately get out of a bet um then people are less likely to take on that bet if if the if the reward isn't um substantially uh, increased um so so we need that needed to be compensated for um I mentioned in the past that we had, you know, people had maybe not lost money, but they were they were sitting on, you know, losing bets where they probably had to take they had to take a hit to get out of them, um, and and that kind of mentally is say if you've got a thousand pounds that's stuck in a few players, you need to take a two hundred pound loss. People would be okay to do that today, um, for example, because they know they can make that back. But you know, after after that dividend increase, it, it, it's less easy to see. So. Um, I felt that needed to be, that needed to be considered. Um, the dividend increase we had before was what fifty seven percent, and the market had gone up over fifty seven percent, and that had been nine months. So it really suggests that you know the increase needed to be above that in order for us to get rise a rising market for a year. Um, August is always a really, really important month for football index. Um, we get they, they put a heavy amount of um, you know budget into their marketing campaign. They get lots of new users um, in August and January. Um, 
I felt they kind of missed missed the point last January. Um, they they did a they did a deposit bonus in December, and that made that made meant that the market was you know it wasn't the best when we had a lot of new new users in January, um, and it wasn't the same compared to maybe January 2019 when we had the share split and the summer of 2019. Like those those orgs were crazy, um, and I just knew that it was like it's like so important when you're a new user. But you can basically join the platform, make a few mistakes, still make a bit of money, enjoy the platform, enjoy enjoy football index, and then you put more money in. And that kind of new experience as a user is really is like super important. And I just thought we're going into August here, and the market is in a really really bad state. Um, so I felt that 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 needed to be increased. Um, I felt that last the last increase it was heavily focused on like gold days um it didn't really give a lot of fun for kind of recreational trading around like bronze and silver days they were basically worthless i mean what a 2p payout was just not it's just not really gonna um get anyone excited about so i i i very much made the point that we need to um they need to be made interesting again so people trade for them um, in particular, I really, really enjoy trading for media. I think especially when you've got a big portfolio, um, and I know a lot of people don't maybe consider it. Um, I, I actually really enjoy, you know, I, I enjoy sit, sitting here today and going, what's going to be the main media story in a year's time? Um, and I, I'm going to make my, my bet. I'm going to make a real long-term bet on that. Um, and I, I kind of love that idea. You kind of, you've got to look at, you know, what journalists are saying, what kind of read, read, read what's, you know, nonsense. Um, and I, 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 lo I love that side of, uh, of the platform. And I think without media, well, we would have seen that the platform, um, well, God knows what would have happened in, in April um, if, um, if, if we didn't have media. Um, and I think with the, I think it was one P, um, but it got increased. So they basically just, they basically gave the impression that they don't care about media anymore, um, which I felt was such a really, really bad decision for the, for the platform and that needed to be uh, corrected. Um, and then of course we've got loads of youngsters now. I mean, so we've got like Rainer, um, the other guy at Dortmund, which I can't say his name. He's like sixteen-year-old striker. Mikoko, or like Mikoko yeah. Um, so there's all these players that we 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 all want to buy um, and place bets on, um, and but they're obviously going to dilute the ex existing existing bets as well. Um, I, I, I'm quite all for football and they're just piling thousands and thousands of players on, but in order to do that, they needed to you know, raise the dividends. Um, and then coupled with, you know, Adam's comments about, you know, 1 billion market cap and everything, there was a lot of reason to expect a dividend increase. Um, and so I, d I just kind of put all those in a letter. Um, I had a, a couple of calls with uh, account managers and management. Um, I, I, there were, I, I spoke to a few other traders and got 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 them to, to kind of do the same because I, I, was, I was really passionate that, this is what we needed to get, you know, to get lift off basically. Um, yeah. So just glad we got there in the end. Yeah, we got there in the end. And all I can say is like, thank you for all your work, like sending that letter off because having heard you say all of those points just there in that order, all at the same time, it's really difficult to argue against having a massive dividend increase because there were so many reasons, you know, there was, you just mentioned like five or six reasons why we needed this bigger dividend increase. It, it was needed. Um, and fortunately, Football Index have listened. And that's one of the biggest things for me as well, because it's not just about 
then increasing the yields, obviously that is kind of essential, but we also need to know that football index sort of care about their current customers and that they do want this platform to grow and hit that billion pounds market cap. And for me, Public index listening and sort of smashing it out with a hundred percent increase just shows that it shows their ambition and it shows that they are going to repay all of the users that have stuck with the platform. And I think there's only a few players left who are good value. I think the majority of players who actually have a chance of earning dividends pretty much are valuable holds. And then we've got the IPOs coming in as well, as you mentioned. And what, what's your opinion on the IPOs? Do you think? Would you be happy to have like the mass IPOing once the NASDAQ technology is ready and they have the option for us to put our bids in for the IPOs? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm firmly the opinion. They've made every player, every player value. Um, so I, I, I think they, should spread, they need to spread it out, obviously. Um, and we can't be having one every single day because it, it will, it will um, take, take money out of um, existing holds because as as we know from yesterday I, I mean you saw a few people on Twitter go oh yeah it wasn't my portfolio hasn't gone up uh, 100% like what's going on and it's of course there isn't the, the money in the market at the moment um, and this this increase is meant to last us um, a year so I, w- I would get the most important ones uh, well they're clearly they're not getting the most important ones because uh, this is the right approach they're getting the, the what you know the lesser important ones that um, aren't aren't you know, going to crash the system. Um, but as soon, as soon as that NASDAQ system is in place, I, I, yeah, I'd be, I'd be getting the ones that we, we, we want to bet on um, out, you know, um, a, a big one every week, I'd say maybe, and spread that out over the course of the year. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there's plenty of players that I'd, I'd love to buy, especially like young players. And I think if they can just add like, thousands of players throughout the season it'd be a good year to do it because no one can really complain about the value so I think they need to be sort of issuing the IPOs when everyone's generally happy with the returns and people can't be too uh, when people won't be too concerned about them diluting the market by adding loads of IPOs yeah it'd be interesting to see how they do it um because obviously in the past they've well, in, in in the recent future they've put them on at pretty high prices um and I just don't know how they, they will still be, I'd imagine, at high prices, but obviously with this bidding system, I have no idea really where they'll pitch players in terms of, the, yeah, in terms of prices and things, and in, in terms of how much money would go into them per se. I don't really, I, I don't know really. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. The upcoming IPOs look, they're they're coming on at decent prices. Like Enzo Lafitte is meant to be a decent player. He's coming on around one pound to yeah, twenty. But- so. Well, what were you going to say there? Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say that they, they, they I mean, so, so, I can't remember. It was a, it was a random, a random German player they did in the. It was the first IPO they did in. Uh, like Co, that half an eye player was it? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. About, maybe about five people bought him. Maybe. Uh, that, that was crazy. They, they, see, they seem more reasonable now, um, which is probably about the right balance. You don't want to, you want to IPO them so that they're in a growing market and not taking too much out of holds, but you also want to generate a bit of excitement and you know issue bets, essentially. Yeah, and I guess the other big thing is we hope that they actually get the process done how it should be done. Because you had like yeah. Aruchichi who came on and it was just a complete mess. Like, I'm sure there's something's gone wrong with his price because he's still at around £2, but 
it seems like everyone's got him because he gets pumped on Twitter all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with that one. But yeah, I remember it was Jaffet Tangani who hit like three pounds something. And I remember a really funny video of his price just like hitting three pound and like really happy, positive music, and then it just crashing back down. Oh, uh, God. And then that, that what was that? Sel- that Selkie was about three months, wasn't it? I, d- I didn't have him, but I saw people that did. No, it was pretty disgusting. Do you ever get involved with the IPOs? I do and I don't. Um, I, I, I I try to. It's just it's just harder in my job at times to you know um, essentially block out a bit of time. Um, block out. I, I, they're just so not reliable in terms of a timing. I think it was it was last summer. Um, I was ready for you know I think it was Troy Parrott. It was all ready and then suddenly I guess it, it's it's at the back of that two hour window where you, you, you're waiting and it never comes on and then you get dragged into a meeting and miss it. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I did a few, I think I got on like Rainier and uh, Bellingham. Um, so I got on a few, but not, I'm not loads. And I certainly wasn't back in the day where, you know, people were sitting down every Friday and <laughs> making loads of them. Yeah. I've never really got into them too much. I think there was one night where, I was still up doing some work and then I was just on Football Index having a check. And for some reason, Football Index had IPO'd some players at like one in the morning or something silly. Unfortunately, oh, was I was like, up. Was that like Mo Hitaran's IPO? Um, yeah, I think it was actually, yeah. And it was also Norwich's young central midfielder. You know, the long hair, what's his name? He, he, had, a good, he had a good season. He was linked to Liverpool quite a lot. I think what, was, Campbell? Yeah, it was Todd Campbell. Yeah, he was on as well. So I think I bought a few of both of them. Um, but it was weird because their prices weren't moving. And I was kind of like, right, this is the right thing to do. It was like, it was difficult sort of making a judgment on their value. So independently without sort of having that emotion involved where on IPO, they usually see their price like flying up and you have the fear of missing out. And those emotions kind of take over and just lead to you buying hundreds um, or even thousands. But for me, I was like, okay, what do I do here? So I had to do like a bit of research first and ended up buying into them and did okay. And in terms of your general strategy then, just because you are obviously doing really well on Football Index and uh, you've got a big portfolio, how many players have you cut your portfolio down to now? Um, At the moment, um, it's down to about five with maybe seven for sale. Really? So you're going, getting closer to that power floor again? But no, it's, it's, it's I mean, I've, I've kind of, kind of mentioned, I'd say 90% or 90, 95% in free players. So yeah, um, it's now the power free, uh, as, power as I've free. kind of said, um, <laughs> but adding, adding a couple more, um, that's essentially where I am at the moment. Um, there's quite a few moving parts at the moment, which I can't really, dis- I haven't decided on what, I'm going to basically do until those moving parts start to start to um, come into play. Yeah, um, okay. but definitely. And and with like three players then, because with a massive portfolio, you must have a lot of shares in those players. So my question is, how do you feel about match dates? Like, how 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 much do you follow the games? Because if you've got a player playing and he's on a high PB score, I find it hard to resist not checking up on that throughout the game. Or do you? You know, how, how do you follow the matches with your players? I'd, I'd follow I'd follow the matches with the players. Yeah, it's it's obviously um, obviously got quite quite an interest when yeah when they're playing. Yeah, um, I'm not like massively. I'm, I, some people kind of ask, oh, how do you sleep at night with like injuries and things like that. Um, I'm pretty chilled because I've the type of players that I've 
got. I mean, I've, 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 yeah, my my three main holds are Sancho, Mbappe, and uh, Trent. I mean, if they get injured at their ages, they really we've seen the the the, the injury was quite an important one for me um, because I held quite not 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 like the size of the holdings that I've got now, but I had a pretty reasonable size holding in him. Um, and I kind of saw his ACL at the time. I was like, oh, this is like, this is a complete disaster. He's out of the Euros. He's out of, um, he's a uh, move to move to the Premier League's gone. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, not going to be, he's not going to play in the season, all season when he was going to smash it for Leon. Like that was kind of a situation where, you know, a significant injury was actually, actually killed like quite a lot of things for him all in one go. Um, and I actually instant sold him. Um, I got, I got a few out quite at quite a decent price, but then if, if once that they opened up the spread and a few went, few went for you know, yeah, pretty disgusting price at yeah. the time. Um, and but then I saw a few people at market sold him, and it was just amazing to kind of see that kind of recovery in his price. People were willing to buy in at that uh, on that injury, um, and going going on after it was straight after it and after that I think within maybe a month or so he was he was pretty much back up to what he was anyway um so I guess, I guess if if say the worst did happen to one of my holds and I guess especially with the way the platform's growing and that those players at that age is there's not it's a, it's about probabilities really isn't it um and there's there's kind of if the worst well one of the worst things happened then even then, I would still, I, I'd still be very, very confident that I could sell them for more in a year's time, or, or potentially get out of them uh, at a, at a reasonable loss to then uh, put elsewhere. Um, but no, it's it, it, it's exciting. It's exciting uh, going into match days there. Yeah, absolutely. Rather than with I'd, dread. <laughs> I'd I'd love to have like thousands of shares in players who actually have a good chance of earning dividends because. You're looking at the weekend, weekend, and you're making as much as some people will be making in a month. Um, so it's, it's, it must be quite fun. And I've just had a look on FIC um, at the Football Index Club Player Reviews database, and there's over 500 players on here now, and that independently create their ratings and their potential ratings based on so many factors, mostly based on their past PB scores. And Sancho, Mbappe, and Trent, your three biggest holds have the three highest FIC ratings by quite some way as well. So you're it's doing well hear. from yeah. a FIC <laughs> point of view as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't actually hold many of those three myself. Um, I don't know. They're like, they're too, they're too obvious for me. They're, they're like, it's so obvious that they're good holds that I've kind of refrained from buying them. And that doesn't really make much sense, but I really like to do my research and get into some lower price players. And maybe I've been stuck in my ways too long, but today I did actually buy some Neymar and he shot up within an hour. So that was quite nice. But I've never really ventured into um, the highest price players on the platform before. So that was, that was interesting to do. And I just think with Neymar's IPD returns and sort of hype around him, I think whoever plays really well across league earn over the next few weeks is probably going to rocket in price because there's just so much like hype and enthusiasm in the market at the moment so I think the new traders as well who sign up by the marketing campaigns could rise so I'm sort of hoping for big things from Neymar over the next few weeks but I guess the same could be said for Mbappe as well yeah if, um, there could be some well there, there will be um, some crazy rises um, right, right the way through uh, September so it's 
it's exciting to see. Um, I, I, so I, yeah, I've got very, a very kind of narrow portfolio at the moment. Um, I will, you know, when things, when things settle down, I, I will definitely, um, start to, I, I quite like it from a fun perspective as well to, to, to trade, um, lower down as well. So I definitely will when, when I think the time, time's right, uh, to do that as well. Yeah, I think over the last few months, it's not really been worth the research and for a lot of traders, just because the spreads have been quite wide. And I guess the dividend yields are, are pretty, pretty good at the top still. So you don't necessarily need to look into those lower price players. Um, yeah, and I guess, I, guess, I guess as well, like, I, for me, it's not really worth my while to put, you know, Two, two, two or three hundred pounds in, in, in oh, no, two, yeah, um, buy two or three hundred shares, shares in a player. I'm, I could, I mean, if Sancho or wins media dividends, then I would have, that 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 would that would cover, um, you know, I, I would get significantly more money from that. So, but I will kind of look for an opportunity if, if there's a player I quite like that I kind of think is going to have that long term price appreciation. Um, I will free up a bit of cash and, you know, put quite, if I think the time's right, I'll put like a, a, a significant amount of money in a, in a kind of a medium long-term bet. I used to have a really small portfolio. It's fortunately grown over the last few seasons. And when I had a really small portfolio, I was like trading 20 to maybe 50p players very regularly. And I was doing really well, like making good returns on those players, but then I ended up putting more money in and it just didn't really seem to be worth my time to do that. So I'm kind of trading more in the maybe one pound to four pound area uh, quite regularly. And it doesn't really matter what area of the market you're trading, as long as the dividend yields are good and you think they can sustain the yields and you know, rise in price. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something to take into account how much money you've got on the platform because I think that makes a massive difference. And I'm sure a lot of the bigger accounts tend to put their money in the higher price players. Also, I thought it was interesting how you're interested in the media and you speculate on who's going to be in the media in like a year's time because I've never done that before. And it's certainly an area of my game which I'm probably quite weak in. Um, but how do you go about trying to predict who's going to win media dividends. I think Mbappe could maybe be a good one for next summer, perhaps. So I kind of think of it in a sense of, in, it's, it's, you can do it with lower down, but essentially a lot of the media, media dividends tend to go to, um, especially over a summer, go to one, two, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's usually a handful of players. And if you can kind of nail that jackpot, um, then that's, that's exactly what you want. Um, Often it's who it's it's often who Man United are going to buy. Um, so I kind of thought in in January, um, you know, with Sancho's contract situation, um, that he'd been at Germany for quite a while, performing at an elite level. We know that Dortmund are always a selling club. Um, so I've completely lost track of who they sold uh, last summer. Um, it's gone out of my head. Was it Pulisic? Was it? Oh, that was, was that uh, yeah, January. I think, I think they sold Pulisic. Oh, I think they agreed the deal before he actually signed for Chelsea. Um, they might have sold. I think they sold someone else. Um, that, but anyway, so Dortmund's Dortmund's business model is basically that they have to sell one of their major stars every summer um, in order to hit their revenue targets. Um, and it looked as though it, it looked pretty clear that Sancho was going to going to be that one, um, and especially at his his, his age. Um, and, it, and we know that Man United were kind of sniffing about um, that, that that would potentially be 
um, a, a big, big media story. Um, obviously, with his age, you know, he was at Man City, coming back to England potentially. That was always going to be a huge transfer story or an emerging transfer story um, in January. Um, and so I kind of went in heavy from that perspective. Um, I, yeah, in, in January, I put quite a lot of money in Sancho. Um, again, for, ne- for next summer, um, as you kind of said, um, I think that will probably be Mbappe um, going to... Um, it looks as though he's not going to sign a new deal with PSG. Um, and he's, he's probably the obvious, you know, major summer transfer that I think will happen. Well, at least get, you know, go, go on in the media next summer. Um, he's not signing a new deal. Um, and maybe after the Euros, um, Perez starts to try and get his man at Real Madrid. And then there's maybe a chance that Liverpool go in for him as well. Um, so that's certainly one that I'm looking at. So I basically just look at who are who's going to be the major transfer story for the summer and kind of look at the factors in play around that um, and, yeah, judge it from there. Yeah, that's really interesting because I tend not to talk about media very much. Um, but if you can speculate on who's going to be in the media, then, of course, you're going to be making really good returns like we've seen with Messi over the last few days like and his rise as well because whoever's in the media a lot and if they're in the media consistently they tend to really rock it up in price obviously we saw that with Sancho and where do you think Sancho do you think Sancho will be on the move still like what's your opinion on that I think he will go personally um it it kind of if you kind of follow the Maguire deal um what was that last last summer um the, the Bruno deal in January um Woodward isn't one for meeting meeting the price of of the of the of the negotiating club he kind of bumbles about and it looks as though the deal's off and then um it looks like it's dragging on for ages and then eventually he you know sometimes he yeah they they signal that um it, it's not happening um and then suddenly it kind of all comes through nearer towards the end i get the impression that that's going to happen again this time around um and i think dortmund had to sell um I'd have to sell every summer. So why during a pandemic would there be, would it be any different? They've obviously got in Rainier as well. Um, so I think it will happen personally. Um, it might take a couple of, a couple of, I expect it to kind of, the bid could come at any point really. Um, but I think it, I'm expecting it to happen. I don't think the market is, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Well, his price has gone down a little bit over the last few days. I think that's mostly just due to the, dividend increase being mostly weighted towards PB rather than MB, I'd say, in terms of percentages. Um, and also, obviously, the money going into Lionel Messi as well as massively influenced it. A lot of people said that, but if you actually look at the media increase, I, I, as a media trader, and this was, this was definitely something that I, I was hammering back in the feedback, is that media needs to be given a significant increase. Um, I, can't, I can't remember what the exact uh, increase was in terms of percentage-wise. Um, I don't know if you got it to hand either. Um, um, but the, the the main payout essentially went from 3p to 5p which is actually so that's a 67% increase off the top of my head um, yeah, I'm just having a look third has doubled so that's 100% second is up 33% first is up 20% so they've put but, an average of 33% but on the match days which is most of the season ah, right. what's up that, that's gone from 3 to 5p hasn't it 
Yeah, yeah, that's one. So if you think, if, so if you think about it throughout, throughout most of the season, that that that's that's the main that's the main media payout. There's only with PB. There's a pool of about a thousand players that can win it. With MB, there's maybe there's probably going to be five five players that regularly sweep up that dividend. So a sixty seven percent increase on that dividend is a lot more powerful than a hundred percent increase on a dividend of thousands of players can earn. So I, yeah, my eyes were lighting up when I saw that dividend because that, that's actually a significant increase if you think about it when there's only a certain small number of players that can win that dividend. Um, so that's a, it's something that a lot of people always miscalculate. They, mm-hmm. they kind of look at a player's PB and value a player off that. But those media dividends, if you know, if you can win, if you win like 10 of those in a month, that's, like, that's a, a lot of easy money, essentially. Um, and then, of course, the the media days didn't go up, but they've they've kind of I feel there's something in the sleeve for next summer um, where they can do a media manless promotion on top of that and maybe boost the dividend even more. Um, so I, yeah, I was very happy as a as a media player because those those dividends are pretty good and they're very lucrative if you get them right. Yeah, I've definitely overlooked the media dividend increase because as you say, sixty seven percent on match days is massive. And then when there are times where there's like no match days for ages, I agree. I think they will probably bring in some sort of promotion like media madness, something like that again. So yeah, maybe media players are worth looking at more than I look at them. Um, but I just, it's quite hard to, actually they're, they're a lot easier to predict. It's the lower price players that really hard to predict. But yeah, I think like Sancho and Mbappe, they'll be up there over the next few years because they're probably going to be the successors to Ronaldo and Messi. If you were to take a guess at this point in time, you probably would predict those two, I think. Yeah, based, based on the data we have in front of us now, and yeah, certainly if I was betting, which I am, I guess, <laughs> the, 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 they're the ones that I would think that would be um, if the weather platform gets to in, say, three, five years' time, I, I would expect there to be the very best players there based on what we got the information we got now anyway yeah how long do you think you'll be on football index really tough question but you just spoke about like three to five years now. um yeah I, I, I get asked that a bit so um i've kind of got my own ambitions where um so as with, with where my portfolio can go over the next year um i really don't see any reason why um portfolios can't double from now till next year mm. based on um Based based on the growth, so I, I over I over doubled my portfolio in the in the past year, and I don't see any reason why that won't be why I can't do that again this year. And then I also don't see any reason why I can't do that the, the year after that because I still I still see um, you know substantial growth um, this um, next next season um, and and probably beyond that as well. Um, there there may be a point where. Yeah, it get it gets to be a significant, uh, you know, a, a, you know, it's obviously a significant amount of money now, but it gets it, it gets you know it gets beyond you know life changing, um, and I guess from there you could at that point then decide to use football index as like as I, I, we've we've seen uh, recently, there's some people are doing it like full time now and just take out dividends as a kind of salary if you like. Um, so I don't think yeah, that's what a lot of people kind of do when they first. When, so when I first joined it, they kind of joined and was like, oh, when, when am I going to get out with all my, my fortune? Um, but I kind of generally see it now as, as something that will 
yeah, I, I want to be on that journey um, right the way through. Yeah, as long as the dividend yields are attractive enough, there's not really going to be any reason to leave. And each year that goes by, I personally become more and more confident in the platform because they are making all of these really big changes and improvements and developing it. And then there's so much growth uh, that we're probably going to see over the next few years as well. So it's a really good time to be on the platform and fair play to you for backing it quite early on and putting a lot of money in as well because you have to you have to have the actions uh, sort of matching the words and i kind of do the same but to a lesser extent because of course i'm not quite there yet financially uh, with my own money but everything that i do have is pretty much thrown in there so the gambling yeah. uh, authorities will probably be on to me for saying that but never mind <laughs> uh but yeah there we go that's probably that's probably a good way to end the podcast do you have any like final words or any advice as well for traders um, yeah, I just, so I, I, I couldn't be more, uh, excited. So I, I, I don't, don't think I mentioned this, but it, it, it's a great time to kind of tell your friends about the platform. Uh, I'd kind of been holding, holding back, um, from telling people to join. Uh, but you know, I, I've, you know, referred, referred, um, a, a couple of people last, last few days, a couple of people who've joined, uh, in the past. And, um, I've, I've kind of given them a nudge to go like, now's the time if you want to start taking it seriously again. So I couldn't be more excited for um, the next couple of months um, and the year ahead. Um, I guess as, as, a, as, a, um, as a new joiner, it's just really important to kind of uh, learn as much as you can uh, about the platform as possible. Um, I know you do um, like a, a blog and um, a service. And I think a lot of people kind of want a quick, quick win with football index, but um, just listening to someone like yourself who kind of goes through and says, this player is rising because of this. Um, I would suggest buying this player because of this. Just kind of learning why you're saying that is, is super helpful. And I think a lot of people kind of, it, that's the number one thing um, with football index. You just have to kind of learn, learn the market and learn what's going on. Um, so I think a lot of people can certainly learn a lot about from, from you and, you know, your kind of commentary on the day-to-day movements in the market. Yeah. Cheers. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so yeah, go get yourself a football index club membership listeners. <laughs> uh, no, but listen to, listen to the people who, uh, put out the content. Fig's really useful. How about Hanson? A lot of good content out there. And I think understanding the market and trying to figure out why players are rising is, really useful i mean i sort of did that this morning as well because there's a few players and i was on index game having a look at a few forwards in liga and i'd seen the goalkeepers in liga and had risen and with the in-play dividends and going up 10 times as much as what we've had over the last few seasons i thought well there's got to be some value there for like under 70p forwards you could get a couple of goals over the next few days and picked up some guy on the board at 50p he went up 14 percent within a few hours i'd Dennis, Dennis Buanga, he went up like 10% uh, within a few hours as well. And I was like, we're back. Like, this is how I used to trade regularly all the time. And it's not been like that for so long. It's, I can't remember yeah. the time I made like two trades. Like I, I actually instant sold them after a few hours because they went up and they had really tight spreads and just took my money. But it's been such a long time since I've done anything like that. But that kind of trading just comes from reading the market and sort of figuring out which players are next to rise and haven't yet risen. And it does take time, but um, overall, if you keep an eye out on what's going on throughout the market, I think you can make quick trades like that all the time. And then 
you also have the sort of alternative strategy of just sitting on certain players and watching the dividends come in. There's so many ways to trade, but overall, I think reading the market and speculating and thinking far in advance as well. Like I love how you mentioned about speculating on future media dividend returns because I've learned something new there because that's not something I usually do. But I think that's a really useful point and that I, I can see a lot of traders taking something away from this episode and maybe applying that to their own trading and, uh, you know, speculating on future media dividend earners and making great returns on the back of that. So there's a lot to take away and a lot of useful content out there, but overall, I think like with practice, then everyone can make great returns and hopefully we'll both make hundred percent plus returns next season as well. So that concludes today's episode. Massive shout out to James for coming on the podcast today. You can find James's Twitter account at soccer index on Twitter And thank you to everyone listening. I hope you have enjoyed the podcast.